Welcome to the next episode of Game Dice. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about Stadia. And I'm going to compare it to PlayStation Now, which I've played on PlayStation. I've played it on the Windows. And I've actually played it on the PlayStation Vita back in the day. Because that did used to be a thing. It was on the Vita originally as well. Uh, but they took it off for some reason. I'm not sure why, actually. I, I mean, I know that they abandoned the Vita but there was no need to take PlayStation Now off the Vita, but they did so. Uh, but I did play it on there, so I'm going to compare that as well. I've also played on uh, Xbox Game Pass as well, so I'll be comparing it to that. So I've pretty much I've been around the block, you know. Uh, I actually remember uh, on Live, which was uh, a service that was very similar, uh, but it was mostly for PC game streaming. And I actually did own that. I played one of the Fear games on it. Uh, and it was okay. Um, I want to talk about that as well a little bit. And compare it all together. And see which service is the best. And you know Stadia has a lot of negative attention. Uh, for some reason. I, I, I don't know. I, some people think that it's going to launch perfectly. And it didn't. And maybe they weren't 100% clear on what exactly Stadia was. But regardless of whatever your opinion is, um, I'm going to give my opinion uh, when we get into it. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, let's start this segment off by talking about the streaming landscape. Because I kind of want to talk about how the streaming services came to be where they are now because I, I remember streaming services a long time ago I mentioned on live yeah before in the intro and on live was actually kind of cool I went to the game show in London years and years ago this was um gosh I don't know it must have been uh, 2010 maybe somewhere around that mark I think and while I was there, they were actually giving away free on-live boxes with a controller. So that was awesome. So I nabbed one of those, and my partner at the time, uh, she got one as well. And we took them home and set them up. And we had pretty good internet. We had uh, 30 down, uh, 10 up, and it was 100% consistent. It was fiber. It was brand new. So we enjoyed that. And we plugged in the box and we fired it up and it was this kind of Netflix style service where you you pay and you play whatever games you want that's on the service and on live had quite a few it came with a wireless controller that took batteries and you know you just plugged it into a TV and you were on your way and that was good and I really enjoyed it personally I, as I mentioned earlier I played Fear on it and it played pretty well. It wasn't perfect. There were some issues, particularly when it came to controls, because it was a PC game running with a controller, and controller support on PC back then wasn't super good. <laughs> Anybody that's been on PC for a while will be able to confirm that it was a little bit dodgy. It wasn't. You could you could get a controller, and there were workarounds, but it wasn't as good as it is now. For example, you have like DualShock 4 controller support practically right out the box. You know, you're ready to go. But back then, you didn't have that. 
So your controller had to work with the PC. And most of them did, but, you know, like I said, it wasn't the same as it is now. So the OnLive controller wasn't 100% supported, especially when it came to older PC games. Because, of course, you had games that came out at the time that had partial controller support, but older games uh, just flat out didn't. And so what they did instead, especially with the OnLive games, uh, they actually mapped the keyboard buttons and stuff to the controller which just wasn't a very good solution uh, a lot of times it would still say like press space to do this and you'd be sort of pressing all the buttons to work out which one's which and all that <laughs> and you know to be fair the on live stuff it worked pretty well right it wasn't terrible and there was some input delay and you could obviously tell when you're playing the game that there was a bit of input delay and that kind of sucks. But it was still what I would consider playable. I just wouldn't expect it to be sort of stadia level response times. So it was pretty good. And I enjoyed it. I, I did pay for it a little bit. And we played through some games and stuff like that. Um, but unfortunately our live kind of died. Um, and it could have been because it was ahead of its time. It could have been... Maybe it was too pricey, the games weren't as good. It could have been a, a bunch of different reasons, but whatever the reason was, it um, it just didn't seem to take off. So then it kind of shut down for a while. And then PlayStation Now kind of came around and PS PlayStation Remote Play and that kind of stuff. And yeah, PlayStation Now, it, it did kind of work sort of <laughs> at the back in the day it wasn't super great uh, remote play was complete garbage as well remote play is less game streaming more so game sharing sort of on the PSP it was essentially useless on the Vita it was less useless <laughs> it was it, it still wasn't great uh, but you know PlayStation now was just a baby and the response times and the streams were pretty bad. And then Sony acquired, uh, I think it's Gaikai. And they were like, oh yeah, this is going to change everything. You know, It's going to make everything great and all this stuff. And I don't know, it, it, it was a very slow progress. And on the Vita, because of its kind of crappy Wi-Fi, um, it wasn't super great. Uh, you, did, you still had some response time issues and things like that. But generally it was okay. And that's all it was, just okay. And streaming took a long time to kind of eliminate that response time issue, which was a big problem that played essentially every streaming service up to this point. There wasn't a single streaming service that had that response time down, and that's kind of one of the key things. Sure, you want the games to look good, and you want the stream to look good, but if there's like a five-second lag delay on the input, nobody's going to play it because it's going to be garbage. So you need to get that latency down to less than a millisecond, ideally. But it, it, it could be up to 30. It's difficult to say, but still, you want it as low as possible. And a lot of these streaming services just couldn't get that nailed for some reason. I don't know why, but maybe it was something to do with the servers or I don't know because like I said I had 30 megabits down and that's more than enough to stream games I mean even by today's standard 15 is like the recommended amount 12 is the sort of bare minimum you don't really want to go anything lower than that 
And of course, there's other uh, things as well that affect it and things like that. It's not just your download and upload speeds. And I get that. But, you know, the internet's been decent for a while now. So anyway, back to PlayStation now. So, yeah, it was it was alright. And it was only really available on PS4 and PlayStation Vita at the time. So, the PlayStation 4 doesn't exactly have the best Wi-Fi either. So, you kind of have to sort of have your PS4 connected through Ethernet in order to really make it worth it. And if you did that, it wasn't too bad. And it was okay. But at some point, Sony dropped support for the Vita. And so, it was just PS4 for a while. And then it came to Windows, which is where I, I tried it again. And on Windows, it's not too bad. There's definitely a more noticeable delay, I think, on Windows. At least the last time I played, it wasn't as good on Windows as it is on the PS4. I writ a podcast episode for Spider-Man, which I don't know if it's out yet, but I'm working on it currently, but I played it all on PlayStation now, so I streamed the whole thing. I didn't download it, so... That's, you know, that's one of those things, like, that's quite impressive to go from such an input latency with OnLive to now I'm playing full games perfectly fine through streaming. So we've definitely moved on a lot. So that's PlayStation now. And, you know, the history behind it isn't too complicated. It's not very long. It's very straightforward. It was crap. Now it's good. That's <laughs> That kind of sums it up, I guess. Uh, they definitely had some issues along the way. Dropped platforms, added others. So, that's PlayStation now. Xbox, though, with Microsoft, they have their uh, Game Pass service. And that's good, right? For consumers, you pay like £9 a month, or, or 13 I think, if you want the Xbox Live Gold as well. And you kind of get that sort of Netflix-style experience with games. And that's really good. And you can download the games as well. So it's very consumer-friendly, and that's great. It's just similarly with PlayStation Now, you can download games on that too. But only the PlayStation games, and that's important, as in PS4 games, I mean, um, not PS... You can't download PlayStation 3 games or any other type of games that show up, only PS4 games. So that kind of sucks. And you can only download them on PS4 you can't download them on the Windows version. But with uh, Microsoft Game Pass, it's sort of Xbox and Windows. So you kind of get both. So that's nice in that way. Um, when it comes to the Xbox version, at least, it's a little bit confusing. And it seems like there's not a lot of games on there. There is. There's plenty of games. But when I'm on the Xbox sort of one uh, user interface, it's kind of complicated. It's not super straightforward and streamlined. It's a little bit convoluted, com compartmentalized, and all this kind of stuff. So it's not super great. So when I'm browsing through the games, you know, it seems really restrictive. Although it's not. It just seems that way. And they've got some big games on there. I think this month was uh, Fallout 76, which is a real big surprise. But of course, games come in and out of rotation, just like with PlayStation Now, which is different to Stadia, but we'll get to that. So I've played uh, Xbox One version of Game Pass, and it's okay. I've only, I've only downloaded the games. I haven't actually streamed them. 
Um, well, not extensively. I have streamed a few games, but it's only been 10, 20 minutes at most. But besides that, I do download the games. Now, with Stadia, it's a little bit different. Instead of a kind of Netflix style, which is exactly what PlayStation Now have done as well, it's 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 sort of like its own platform. You can buy the games, and uh, and they are f- they are full price games, by the way. Uh, you buy the game, and then you play it because you own it, right? Or you, at least you own access to the game in a form of a license. So you buy the game and you play it, but you don't have to pay for Stadia. Stadia is free, up to 1080p. If you want a game at 4K, then you have to buy the Stadia Pro. But if you just want to play the game that you own, you can do so for free. And that's a very different way of doing it. Google have... I mean, essentially, can you, you can call it a streaming service, but the way it's treated in the industry is as if it's its own sort of platform, which is kind of interesting. So, I don't know. Let's Let's talk about the actual experience streaming the games over these these different platforms. Now that I've kind of explained what each platform is, I kind of want to go over my experience with each platform now. So let's start with PlayStation Now. Okay, so PlayStation Now. I mentioned before that it was on the Vita back in the day. Nowadays, though, it seems to be a lot better. Uh, I've played through Spider-Man on PlayStation now, and to be upfront, the cost is £9 a month. I don't know the price in America, but I'm guessing it's probably, I don't know, $12. Assuming Sony did the conversion correctly, which they usually do, so I think it's about $12, $13. You pay that, and you get access to PlayStation now, and it's on Windows, and it's on the PlayStation 4. And the PS4 version, it obviously is superior because you can download the games, whereas you can't do that on Windows. And for Windows, you do need a DualShock 4. And if you don't have Bluetooth, you'll need a USB dongle or you can use a cable. So with all that out of the way, uh, PlayStation Now and PS4, I played through Spider-Man. It was great. I didn't really have any issues. Uh, The input latency was almost non-detectable, essentially. There were one or two times when the video kind of glitched out a little bit, but I think that's more so down to the fact that my internet wasn't 100% perfect at that time. So it was pretty good. I've also played Gravity Rush on there as well, and I was pretty impressed. I played some PS3 games like Infamous uh, 1 and 2 and Festival of Blood as well, which was just awesome to go through those games again. Ah, oh, Motorstorm Apocalypse as well. That was fantastic to play through. I remember um, going to a special event in uh, Birmingham in England where they kind of had these games and you, you could play them early and Motorstorm Apocalypse was one of them. And it was so much fun. The music is just so great in that game. But anyway, coming off track. So, yeah, Spider-Man was great. Uh, Minimal input latency. I honestly couldn't tell most of the time. It was super responsive. I did have a lot of issues with the dodge in that game. And I go through that in the analysis or critique uh, of that game. Could that have been from from the PlayStation Now internet delay? Maybe. I don't think so. I think it's just bad game design with the dodge, uh, but it could be input delay. I don't think it was, though, because everything else seemed to be pretty much perfect, so I don't see why that one input would 
would cause any issues. So I don't think it was that, um, but I did have some issues. So the video feed kind of glitching up was one of them. I did get some uh, your connection is unstable messages, um, and that could have been because of my internet. Although I, when I got that, I ran a test and it was pretty much perfect. So that could have been a bug. It could have just been a simple drop in my connection. Either way, I did get one or two issues with it. But for the most part, it ran fine. Downloading games works pretty much like you'd expect. You just download the game and it runs natively like it normally would. So there's nothing really special about that. But if you're streaming a game on PlayStation Now, it actually adds an icon to your PlayStation home screen. Where you can just basically press that icon and it'll jump you straight back into streaming. So that's nice. There are some options quality wise but you can go over but besides the very basic low or high quality <laughs> that's basically a lot. There's not a lot else you can do about it. So there's that. And of course it's only on PlayStation and there are there is the Windows version so you can kind of load that up and you select the game and it streams it. But I've noticed that the streaming just isn't as good on Windows. Why that is I'm not sure. Probably because they're working on PlayStation first and then Windows secondly. But there was some slight input delay uh, with that. I did use a cable on Windows. I plugged in the USB cable. Uh, but there was still latency. So that's definitely an issue that I think Sony needs to address and sort out before it'll be ready. Because, you know, at the moment you, you can get PlayStation now and you can pay for it. And if you're on Windows, it just isn't worth it because it's not working as well as it should be so i don't think it should cost 8.99 at the moment it used to cost 13 pounds here i remember when it first started that was the price i think it was like 14.99 and then it dropped to 12 and now it's dropped to 8 which is more in line with where it should be really uh, it was way too expensive before now it's probably worth worth it a bit more because you're getting more games same price but better performance so I think now it's more worth it now than it used to be, but it's still not quite there. But all in all honesty, that's all there is to say. There's not a lot of great games for the service. There's, as far as I could tell, there was like 10 PS2 games, if that. I, I, there was no PS1 games, barely any PS2 games. Some PlayStation 3 games launched titles like Heavenly Sword, which I played through. It was kind of okay, but not a lot of great games, especially when it came to the PlayStation 2. I was very disappointed with the, quite frankly, pathetic offering of PlayStation 2 games. No Jack and Daxter, which is just a slap in the face. <laughs> no GTA, which is on mobile, by the way. Yeah, GTA 3, you, you, know, you could go to the Play Store or the App Store right now and buy it. Whereas if you want to play it on a PlayStation, good luck, because I couldn't find it anywhere. So it's definitely not on PlayStation now. Most games aren't, like Black wasn't there. Jack and Daxter I mentioned. Um, there were some Ratchet and Clank games that weren't there. It's just a lot of really great games that just weren't there. Which is just really disappointing. And there are some PS2 games on the PlayStation Store that you can go ahead and buy. But not stream. Which is really weird. I don't know why that is. I feel like they should be on PlayStation now. But they're just not. So that's really disappointing. Same thing goes for Xbox with the Game Pass. You know, the original Xbox games are not there. I don't think there's any 360 games on there. It's just the newer games that are on there. As far as I could tell, I, again, the user interface was so bad it was difficult to find games. And that extends to PlayStation now. The user interface was just awful. So 
I, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just bad, you know. It was it was the user interface wise, it was just really bad. But experience wise, overall, it was decent. I would I would say it was decent. It wasn't great. It was decent, and Microsoft's Game Pass was essentially the same thing. You know, the user interface was just god awful. It it was genuinely really bad, and it still is. They haven't changed it. Obviously, it's only been a few weeks since I last used it, and it was just bad. It was difficult to find any decent games, and it was just it was just bad. <laughs> There's not a lot else to say about it, and I think the issues are just so close to each other in terms of design that you could almost overlap the two in terms of now and game pass the the user interface is very similar it's kind of like a grid and you kind of go through each grid and it's got pre-selected genres and things like that and to actually find like your list of games that you want to play it's not that easy you know like if like for example with playstation now you go to like your your games and You'll have the list of games that you've added, but if you've played one, it won't be there. That's the problem, and you'll have to go through the service to find it again. And that's kind of a pain. Uh, Xbox Game Pass, on the other hand, is slightly different, but the way that everything is organized, it shows you the most recent games added right there, so you can see what's new. But if you want to go through and maybe try and find a specific game, obviously you can search for it, but... There's no extensive organization there, and it's not super easy to go through all the games. It's all sort of, it, it's literally, when people say it's Netflix style, that's no exaggeration. You know how Netflix, you'll load it up. You can spend more time looking through Netflix than watching Netflix. That's a problem. And that's kind of what I think is happening with Game Pass in the way it's been organized. You can search through and look for games that you want to play, but you'll probably end up searching quite a lot. I'm not going to say you'll search more than you'll play, because, you know, it's different to Netflix. But you will spend a significant amount of time searching for stuff. And that's not great. But that's the way they've designed it so far. And people seem to like it. I don't. I think it's really disorganized. The same thing as PlayStation Now. But PlayStation Now just isn't as popular as Xbox Game Pass. I'm curious whether there's more PlayStation Now users than there is Stadia users, that would be interesting to see. But, of course, you can't really compare the numbers because Stadia has a free option, whereas PlayStation Now just doesn't. And neither does uh, Xbox Game Pass either. They don't have a free option for either of them. So the numbers could be inflated slightly on Stadia. I guess the only realistic way would be to compare... Stadia's Pro version, but Pro version has more features such as 4K, whereas PlayStation Now just doesn't have that. As far as I can tell, there's no 4K option, so that's something to bear in mind. So now I want to get into Stadia and how it works and whether it's really good for playing games, so we'll see. Let's get into that section now. Okay, so now let's compare everything that we've talked about to Stadia. Now, Stadia came out uh, about a year ago, actually. And it was obviously done by Google, of course. And they announced it, and when it went on the stage, it was sort of shown as this amazingly fantastic free game streaming service. And it did offer a paid membership. And they showed it sort of being played on a phone, and 
then they went to a laptop, and then they went to the Chromecast, and, and then they went to a tablet, and sort of all this stuff, and I thought, oh, okay, so this looks awesome. You can kind of carry on your progress from one system, I guess, to another, I, I guess is probably the most accurate way of describing it. Because, you know, I could start it on my laptop and play it a little bit and then carry on on my phone. And then when I get upstairs, play it on my Chromecast and I'd sort of carry on from wherever I left off on each one. And that's really awesome. So I really liked the way that they showed that. But they didn't talk about the pricing. And that's kind of one thing that a lot of people were kind of iffy about. Because a lot of people thought it was going to be like a sort of service that you pay for a month and get access to 100 games for example i kind of don't want to say the whole like netflix for gaming because netflix isn't the only streaming service now you know there's lots of others so it's one of those ones but yeah i i didn't i didn't know what the what the service really was and a lot of people didn't but when they found out that they had to buy their own games i was a bit weirded out by it because of other game streaming services it's just sort of the standard now to expect to pay say 10 pounds a month and get access to 100 games that's kind of one thing that's just expected now so the fact that they did it differently was just a bit weird i was weirded out i mean it's fine i'll give it a try but i was just it was just a bit weird whereas everybody seemed to be really disappointed with it and a lot of people slam it like they really on it even though it's really not that bad and i just don't know you know i just, i don't think it's that bad uh, especially youtubers i mean it's pretty popular and easy to hate stadia and i'm not gonna sort of leap to its defense i'm gonna kind of give my opinion and i'm not gonna sort of blow smoke up its ass and tell you it's the best thing in the world but it's not that bad a lot of YouTubers, if you watch them, some of them uh, will tell you that it's the inferior platform and <laughs> any excuse they get. Uh, there was one in particular, I won't mention names, but uh, the the release date for Cyberpunk, I think, was August. But the release date for Cyberpunk on Stadia was November. And once that was kind of announced... All the YouTubers jumped on it. One of them in particular was like, oh, but the Stadia version, well, that won't be releasing until two months later, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, like a, like less than a week later, maybe a few days, <laughs> the uh, CD Projekt Red actually delayed Cyberpunk for all platforms until November. So they're all now releasing at the same time. So it was kind of like, well, if you'd have just waited, you'd have found out that actually everything's launching at the same time it may be that that changes and that stadia does in fact launch later in december or maybe even january i don't know but as of right now everything's releasing at the same time in terms of cyberpunk it's all releasing on the same platforms at the same time so yeah it's popular and easy to hate stadia but what's it actually like how does it compare to other streaming services honestly it's the best streaming service I've ever used, like hands down. I, it beats PlayStation Now, and it beats Xbox Game Pass. I, it certainly beats on Live. <laughs> I don't know of any others. I'm sure there may be, I, maybe, probably. <laughs> I, I, it's GeForce Now, which I think is a thing, but I haven't really looked into that. I haven't really touched it really, so I can't comment on that. 
but for me personally it is the best and the reason for that is one there's a free option so I can buy the game it's kind of weird actually I I do pay for YouTube music that's that's my streaming music service of choice and because of that I kind of get YouTube premium sort of on the side I guess but for that I've got like a £10 voucher for Stadia I've got uh, like three months free of Stadia Pro and so they're just sort of giving this stuff away they're kind of throwing it at you almost and so I'll take it you know I'll, I will take it but that voucher allowed me to buy Tomb Raider for about £3 uh, there was also <laughs> there was also this really weird sale for NBA 2K20 which and I'm not joking was about £2.30 literally the £40 game was about £2.30 on Stadia so yeah I bought it <laughs> yeah of course I did and you know why not it was that kind of price that's a great price so there's going to be sales and stuff on Stadia all the time the last sale was actually pretty good um, there was a lot of good stuff on for sale as I mentioned before Tomb Raider and stuff there are some games that's missing uh, I think I think there's a Tomb Raider game missing so they've got the first and the third one but not the second I think don't quote me I think I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. So that kind of sucks. But, as I've said, there is a free option. So you can buy the game, and I don't need to pay anything to stream it. Unlike the other services, where if I stop paying, I lose access to everything. Whereas with Stadia, uh, you pay the Pro if you want 4K60, and you want the free Pro Stadia games every month, because they do give you... Uh, some free games every month uh, like this time there was West of Loathing and um, there was a, a couple of others so those games are kind of decent they're actually like proper games that they're giving away so that's kind of cool but if you don't care for that or you don't care for 4k then you may as well just use the free version and just buy the game on there and essentially you don't need a box you don't need um, a big space to put it you just if you've got a Chromecast Ultra you just plug it into your TV and you're ready to go or if you've got a mobile that supports it you're ready to go mine doesn't but it does have experimental support it is a Samsung phone and most of them are supported but mine actually isn't for some reason <laughs> I don't know why it's recent and it's probably one of the most expensive ones I've ever done so I don't really know why it isn't but, you know, it's neither here nor there. So, what else about it is good? Well, the actual performance. I have had some issues, but this has been because of my internet. You do need about 15 megabits down. That's probably the biggest hurdle, I think, for a lot of people. Although, if you live in a city, you'll probably be fine. But if you live out in the country, you won't be. You might struggle quite a bit because once you dip below that 15 megabits you're going to have some actual problems like you're going to have some stuttering you're going to have some video artifacts and stuff like that and that's obviously not what you want so you've got to make sure that you're at that 15 minimum but once you hit it you'll find a fantastic experience like no joke the visuals are actually great obviously it's running on a sort of pc system it's not like top of the range but it is a PC system practically no input latency at all 
and I've noticed this myself across the different platforms I've tried it on, especially on the laptop, it's kind of weird to kind of load up a, a Chrome tab and then you're in a game like Destiny 2. And I played through that with the DualShock 4 and it was a great experience. I honestly forgot that I was streaming the game at all. And that's kind of a really key principle about streaming games. So that's one thing that's really good. Stadia has a lot of deals on as well. So in fact, right now, as of making this episode, and of course, and so because of that, you do get really good performance in the game itself. So if your Wi-Fi is good, or your wired connection at least, you should expect basically no input latency. And this is one thing that's really big about Stadia. There's a sale on right now. I could go and pick up uh, Dragon Ball Universe 2 for £10 rather than the 50 or 40 it's supposed to be. So I'm saving a fair chunk of change there. Octopath Traveler is on Stadia as well. So that's another one to pick up. And that's on sale as well. There's lots of games on sale. So, of course, I've got all the free uh, Stadia Pro games as well. So we can go through those. And just loading it up and playing through it is so quick and easy. The only downside is if I want to play on my TV and I don't want to hook up my laptop, I have to go out and buy a Chromecast Ultra and for that, I need to also have a Stadia controller. And you can, if you've got a Chromecast Ultra already, you can just go ahead and buy a Stadia controller. And they're kind of expensive. They're £60 per controller. And if you want to get the controller with a Chromecast, you're looking at about £80. So that kind of sucks. And the, the other thing is if you buy the Chromecast with the controller, you can only get the controller in white. You can't buy it with a black controller. You can buy the black controller separately. I think there's a turquoise looking one as well. But that's separate and that's £60. So that's not great. That kind of sucks. But, you know, there's not a lot you can do about it. In terms of supported phones, it's basically most of them now. It used to be the Google-only phones. And then it kind of extended to Samsung and Asus. Um, and then it kind of extended a bit further, and now it's basically all Android phones. I don't think it's on iOS yet, which is kind of ridiculous. It's been a long time now, so that sucks. And as I've mentioned earlier, it's not every single phone guaranteed to work, like my phone, but there is experimental support. So that's basically the gist of Stadia, and I do think it's the best streaming service I've used. I do like the low latency and the great visuals and just the way everything's been set up i'm not sure about the price of games i think the price is a little bit too high especially because i'm not actually buying a physical copy of the game i'm just buying a sort of license that allows me to access the games so that's that and i i disagree with that uh, with the prices at least because, you know, I, I what was it? Dragon Ball Xenoverse, I think, was £50 on Stadia. That's absolutely insane. Like, literally, it's completely ridiculous. I can't believe that they're trying to charge that kind of price for it. And, you know, price is subjective. Some people would absolutely snap that up in a heartbeat. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I would not snap that game up for that price. Not a chance. I would buy it right now on sale for £10. That's a great price. But I'm not going to pay £50 for it without actually owning a physical copy. Especially because you can go onto PlayStation or, or Xbox or Steam <laughs> and buy the game for like half the price. 
and I think it's even on the Switch as well. Like, it's on everything. So why would I go out and pay extra to have it on Stadia? Like, it doesn't make sense. You know, if the games were cheaper, it would definitely be a better system, or rather a better platform choice, just because the prices are decent. But because the prices are really high, it kind of just sort of exacerbates the issue that people have with it not being a pay once for access to all the games type of deal, like Netflix style. Um, I think people really don't like that, and the high prices kind of compound that problem. So, I don't know. I think Stadia need to lower the price. I think they need to implement the features that people expect. Like right now, there's no party chat on mobile. For some reason, it doesn't make sense. There's like loads of little quirks like that. So that's a problem. And they need to implement those features as soon as possible, really. Along with all the other stuff that they promised. And make it really easy to sign up for the free version. Because I think right now, people are having issues signing up for the free version of Stadia. They'll sign up. And the only way that they can get into Stadia is to start the pro trial. Even though I don't think you need to put any payment details in. That's the only way, is that you'll start by trying Pro, and then you'll cancel the trial, and then you're good to go. So it's just weird that the way that they're handling that as well, they really need to fix that. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Bring the price down, implement the features, fix the trial, and maybe get some more games there. I mentioned uh, in the previous episode of the Ubisoft Forward event with Far Cry and Watchdog Legion and all that. They're coming to Stadia too, and they've had their own trailers and stuff, and obviously they look great. So, I don't know, that's really tempting to pick those games up on Stadia. I, if you tuned into the Ubisoft Forward event, you would get Watch Dogs 2 for free if you watched it in the first half an hour. So I got that. But it was sent to my PC account. And I unfortunately don't have access to a gaming PC right now. Which is why Stadia is kind of important to me. Because I can just sort of break out my laptop or my phone and just start playing PC games. And it's great. So the fact that Watch Dogs 2 is on the PC means that I won't be able to play it for quite some time. Unless it gets ported to Stadia and I can buy it. Although I, I wouldn't do that because I don't think it looks like that great of a game. But, you know, it's an option. So I think that they need to bring more games to Stadia, for sure. It's a little bit lackluster right now. There's a lot of indie games on there and they're doing great and that's fine. But for the games that I want, they're just not there, unfortunately. So, to wrap everything up... It's Stadia is the best streaming service right now, in my honest opinion. Secondly would be PlayStation Now, in terms of performance, only for that reason. And then it would be uh, Microsoft's uh, Game Pass. Which is kind of weird, because a lot of people would rank it reversed. They would have Game Pass first, then PlayStation Now, then Stadia last. But it works. It's different for me, just because of the my situation. And Microsoft Game Pass, it means I would have to download the games and play on Xbox. But, I don't know, like, the games that are there, I could just get on another service. And plus the way Microsoft handles their payment system is really shady. It, it actually, no, it's scummy, actually, to be perfectly honest. If you get the Game Pass, and let's say you use a separate account to pay for it, like I do, then you maybe forget that you wanted to cancel Game Pass 
and they try to charge you and they can't. The only way that you can cancel the game pass is if you pay for it and then you can cancel it. So the way they do it is a is a pass due system. And if you're past due, you can't cancel at all. You have to pay and then you can cancel. Really? Really, Microsoft? Are you going to shaft me like that? <laughs> really? That's pretty ridiculous. It's downright scummy. And I am not going to support that kind of system at all. I do, no way. Not a chance. No way. So it's last for that reason alone. And that's worth it. But it's just not that great of a, of a option, really. Like, I'm, I've never been the biggest Xbox fan. And to me, Gears of War is not enough to take me to a service like that so the games just aren't there for me and playstation does have some great games and the games are there for me but not all of them like some of the ones that i personally really enjoy are missing and just stadia just has a lot of the good pc games doom eternal rise of the tomb raider um destiny 2 that kind of stuff it has a lot of the really good pc recent games as well and there's a, the Stadia event that's happening uh, later today, actually. I'll have an episode on that, of course. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one, but I do think Stadia is the best. For me. For me. You know, if somebody else comes along and they have an Xbox, but they're not interested in Stadia, then I'd be like, oh, well, you better get Game Pass, you know. So this is like, for me personally, this is not an objective ranking of the best for everyone. It's just my personal listing. So, you know, it can change tomorrow, in fact. You know, if Microsoft were like, oh, well, we're doing all these kind of games, and then Stadia's like, oh, yeah, we're shutting down the servers, then I'm probably going to rearrange the list. But until then, that's the list for me personally. I stress that. <laughs> that's It's not an objective ranking. That's very important that I keep saying it to kind of drive it home. So, yeah. That's that's my episode on Stadia. That's my opinion on it. And make sure to stay following or subscribe or whatever it is that you do to keep up with this podcast. I will also, of course, drop the Twitter in the description at the Game Dice. So follow that if you want to keep up with that as well. And interestingly, if you are on Anchor, then you can send me a voice message and maybe I'll include it in the next episode and get back to it. Possibly, no promises, it depends, but the link will be probably in the description, or if you're on Anchor, then you already know what to do. I will also post it to Twitter as well, so make sure you follow in there too. So yeah, thanks for listening again. You know who you are. Make sure you stay tuned, and thanks again.